This is an ABC podcast. How much could you just like actually dance to this at a club? I actually definitely could. I don't know why, but I'm so obsessed with that. I would throw fierce shapes to that. Anyway, though, can we please turn down the music because I have a headache. What, after Mardi Gras? Babe, you didn't even go. I partied at home. I did. I actually went to a bush doof and we had like a little Mardi Gras party. How good. I know. So I'm still picking out glitter. I feel like that's such a Mardi Gras like come down. Like just like finding glitter everywhere for the next week. I can see you picking your nails right now. You've got dirt and glitter. And glitter everywhere. Well, look, yes, it is the come down after Mardi Gras, and we're here to guide you through that. That's right. Producer <laughs> Pitt Rasmussen. Hello. And myself. Oh, I didn't give you like a really fun adjective this time. No, let's just not do that. It's embarrassing. The magical. Are you not embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> do not embarrass me in front of my friends. Um, Dee Salmon's my name, and yeah, we are doing the Mardi Gras after party. Yeah. And look, a lot of you actually got in touch with us. Um, about finding your queer identity in isolation in lockdown. And it's a big thing. It's a huge thing. I feel like there was a vibe at the start of 2020 when we all went into lockdown and everyone was obsessed with house party and then that crashed and burned, RIP. But then (laughs) we all went on TikTok, right? Mm. And the algorithm obviously is like the strongest in the world. We talk about TikTok a lot on this podcast, but like people started getting queer videos in their feed and they were like, hang on a minute. Is this, is this me? There were videos like, Put a finger down, gay edition. Put a finger down if you've Okay, but this, this is it. This is probably one of the best indicators to find out if you're actually on the bisexual spectrum or not. And yeah, so many of our hookup listeners got in touch with us because they were like, this is exactly what I experienced. I always identified as bi-curious, but I was always in heterosexual relationships with men. Um, But during the pandemic, I was on TikTok a lot and lesbian TikTok was literally my entire feed. And I thought, hey, what's going on? Do they know something that I don't? So I kind of took the jump and joined up to Tinder as a woman looking for another woman. Um, Straight away I met this most beautiful girl and we dated for a while and I had the most incredible time with her. Um, We basically fell in love really quickly and ever since that realisation it's kind of changed everything that I look for. Um, It's changed the way I identify and it's kind of crazy. I've been out as queer since around 2017. But I would say my gender crisis began in January of 2021 and I came out as non-binary in August of 2021. The pandemic impacted this realisation because I was increasingly spending time alone. And this did two things. First, it gave me a lot of time to think. Second, it allowed me to exist outside of society's gaze. When you're alone for extended periods of time, you no longer have the weight of societal expectations on you and you're forced to confront who you are without that lens. I've never really met societal expectations of what a woman was. So it was a question of whether I was a woman who simply rejected what society expected from me, or if my identity went beyond the label of woman. TikTok really helped me with this question because I saw many creators speaking about this exact issue and really vocalizing what was going on in my head. I spent hours scrolling through videos and mulling over their perspectives until I realised I didn't just want to break the boundaries of womanhood. I wanted to reject the whole system. A particular journey that I've had over the past couple of years, like through the pandemic and the lockdowns, is is realising that my relationship to gender is a little bit more complex 
and um, a bit more fluid than I'd initially thought. Um, and I'm still finding sort of the right way to describe it, but I guess in, in kind of a simple way, I feel both man and, and woman in, in different amounts of each that, that change, changes from day to day. Uh, and it's still very much an on- ongoing discovery, but it was a realization that happened kind of very slowly. And the isolation that came with the, the pandemic was very much a big part of, of what I think helped me to recognize that. I came out as pansexual in December 2020 when I was limited by a five kilometer radius in choosing my sexual partners. I realized that using TikTok, it helped me differentiate between the differences of bisexual and pansexual. And I realized that I identified more with a person's personality than with their gender. And explaining the differences between this with my friends and with my family has become rather difficult. And in my, with my current partners, they don't seem to understand this. They all think I'm bi when I, when I try to explain it to them that I'm actually pansexual. They think it's the same thing when it's actually different. I've sort of always known I was bi, but there are a lot of factors that made me question that. Growing up, I always found myself attracted to girls, but I thought that was just a universal experience. I mean, my first crush ever was on Angelina Jolie, so that kind of speaks for itself. As a teenager slash early adult, I was confused about whether I actually found girls attractive or if I thought I did because that's what guys wanted to hear. In my mid-twenties, which was the start of the pandemic, I started experimenting a bit more and had two sexual experiences with females, but I still wasn't presenting myself as bi. It wasn't until lockdown that I fully came to the realization, and a big part of that was TikTok. I started seeing videos on my For You page that were very relatable to my experience. They were basically calling me out in a nice way, and after that, I started looking at women differently. Spending months alone with my thoughts during lockdown gave me a lot of time to reflect and really get to know myself. It felt like a long overdue therapy session. No, but the thing is, is when you discover your sexuality for the first time, it's a lot of new stuff that you have to navigate. A lot of like having hard conversations with people. You know, how do I come out? Do I need to come out? Do I soft launch? Like, how do I find community? How do I find people who I can relate to? Yeah, and figuring out all this stuff on your own in lockdown can be really, really difficult. And if you are feeling that way, you're feeling a little bit lost, don't worry because... We grabbed two of our favorite queer content creators, Kath Epps. They're a content maker, they're an actor, they're a writer, they're a model, and they just completed a queer TikTok series called Self Care, an all round legend, and also our favorite comedian, All Right Hey, also known as Matt. Yes, I love Matt. He's amazing. He does that podcast with Mitch Coombs called Trash Alley. Oh it's my God. So funny. It's so funny. Obviously not as funny as our podcast. Though. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was lucky enough to grab both of them, All Right Hey and Kath Ebbs, just before Mardi Gras, and uh, chat to them over Zoom. And Kath's friend, G, trans non-binary actor, was also hanging out with Kath. So we thought, you know, G, head on into the chat as well. So you'll hear from them too. So I started off by asking them about what their journey was like discovering their own sexuality and identities. 
I guess for some people, uh, especially a lot of our listeners got in touch recently and said the past couple of years over the pandemic, things like TikTok and just being by themselves and like reflecting, sitting in their truth has really made them kind of realise and explore different aspects of their identity and sexuality. Maybe I'll go to you, Matt, but this is something that you've gone through and you've spoken about it on your podcast, Trash Alley, about exploring different labels and trying to figure out which one is kind of more in sync with your truth and, and your journey with that. Look, it's been a journey. It's been a roller coaster. I feel like I've been a lot of different uh, sexual orientations. I came out to begin with, before I even came out, I came out as metrosexual, like <laughs> the guy that takes care of himself. Like, Is that the like, fringe? Is that yeah, like, is that like, wait, what was the band? It was like short stack or something yeah and that was like, metro metrosexual right like the real yeah. dark fringes like kind of emo but not really yeah like it just basically meant like a metrosexual was like a guy who like did skincare and had nice hair and like took care of himself so kids in the schoolyard would be like you're gay and I'd be like no I'm just metrosexual which is not a sexual orientation at all but that's <laughs> what I came out as um and then when I actually was ready to come out I came out as bi which I was never bi but I said I was bi because I was a bit scared to say I was gay and then I came out as gay and then as I left high school became an adult I thought I might have been asexual and so I labeled myself as asexual for a little bit and maybe I was in that time I was asexual but then it changed to more of I randomly saw on Tumblr one day the term demisexual which is basically that I need to have an emotional connection with someone before I can find a sexual connection with someone and that was definitely definitely what I was like I was like that's me ding 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 and so then I landed on demisexual and I was I identified as that for quite a few years and then again I just landed back on just being gay and that's just what I identify as today and yeah, it's it's a journey that also might change again, you know, like I totally something yeah. totally different um in tomorrow or next week. I feel like that's so true to the queer experience and something that we don't talk about a lot. I know like outwardly, I always find it's like straight cis people all of the time that are like need you to label yourself and then once you do it's like if you change you're a liar or something. And it's like, no, we live in this heteronormative world and when you you know come out or you're introduced to the first time in community which happens you know different times for different people you it's like you're going through your adolescence again and you're like oh I like a bit of that I like a bit of that I like a bit of that and it used to send like I used to feel so much especially working in the media and being like a visibly queer person I used to feel so much pressure of like getting it wrong I'm like you know even recently coming out as from binary I'm like but what but, but what if I like uh, and it's like a thing of like it's okay like if and now I always go, what feels best to me today? And that is being like a genderqueer lesbian. And that's what feels hot and sexy and good for me today. And if that changes, then that changes. But that's fine. That's the whole, um, like not. Freedom of whole, this like, community. Almost, yeah, behind queerness is like, we're all part of this like group of people who are like figuring it out. We know we're not, you know, that we know we're part of this group. And I mean, that's the umbrella term for queerness, surely. Exactly. It's like queer isn't queer. It, it's everything that makes up queerness, you know, pansexuals, demisexuals. We might exclude metrosexual for this specific argument. But <laughs> still holding the experience as valid. But like, as you said, it's so interchangeable from who we meet and how we feel and what we experience. And I believe the more 
confident and comfortable we become in our skin by allowing ourselves to be surrounded by a community that supports and uplifts us, then of, of course, how would you not want to bleed more into your authenticity and discovering something that's simmering at the surface because you know it will be held and it, it's safe to be like that and it's safe to explore that. Queerness is just, there's so much of us and so many, and it, it's such a powerful label that can encompass everybody on the rainbow spectrum. And Matt, that's kind of where you sit, right? You have no preferred pronouns. Mm, yeah, so basically the the reason I went with no preferred pronouns is because before the pandemic, I was a drag queen. I was doing drag, but I was also a DJ, but I always wear a lot of makeup and big lashes and, you know, fabulous outfits, and I'm always sparkling in one way or another. And so, you know, sometimes I was going by she, her, but it was more of like being in drag. It was never a gender thing for me. And so I came to this point where I was like, hmm, I'm a drag queen, and I know that being, you know, she, her, or they, them, or he, him, or any of your pronouns, whatever you, you know, whatever your pronouns are, it's really, really important to these people. And then so when I was like in drag and then I was out of drag, but then I was DJing as a boy, but with makeup on, I think people were getting a little bit confused. So it's more for other people than for me, if I'm honest with my pronouns, I just say any pronouns. If you call me she, if you call me he, if you call me they, it doesn't bother me. I don't mind what you call me, you know, as long as you're nice. But I respect that that to other people, it's very, very, very important, which is why I just go, um, because, you know, that's why I chose to make such a thing of any pronouns. Like, I don't mind what you call me, but it's important to make sure you call the people who it is important to the correct pronouns. Yeah. And then I guess you're now a representation for people who didn't even know that was an option, who also go, do you know what? Mm -hmm. I also don't care. And then they're now represented through you and they can see that um, and feel kind of more authentic to them themselves. Um, Let's talk about community and, yeah, a little bit about your journeys uh, of finding yours. Kath, what about you? You mentioned that through your work was kind of when you started to discover your people. Yeah, work wasn't so much about community. Work was just just like honestly seeing queer people that were happy. Um, I grew up thinking that it was... I didn't, you know, the only ever stories I got like saw of queer people were like about our trauma as a community. And those stories are really important, but we're happy to, we're not always just crying. Um, And I didn't know, like, I, I literally had this idea that like my life would be awful if I was to reveal myself. So it was safer just to, you know, have the boyfriend, like, not enjoy certain things, not have the romance in my life. Like that was safer. So seeing just literally just queer people like living their life and being like, oh, like you seem pretty happy. Like what? That was when I was like, okay. And then it just kind of slowly opened up my world. Community in the biggest sense has actually been something quite new to me. Um, I feel like my introduction to queerness was in a relationship, which is very beautiful. And that happens for a lot of people that are closeted most of their life. And I'm so grateful for that experience. But I think I definitely attached my queerness to that person. So once that relationship ended, which was like semi-recently, it made me go, oh, I, I need to now discover like establish my own community, which was terrifying to me at the beginning. But it's been this incredible blessing where I have people in my life now that are like, literally my family and I never really understood yeah this idea of what community how important community is and the past you know little while I've been like oh like 
that's what people talk about and it's it's everything it's it makes me feel safe it makes me feel loved again with the figuring out who you are I feel like I'm able to be myself on any given day and express thoughts and feelings that I'm having about that and it's a safe space and it will be received well I also know like when we talk about safe spaces which I know like cis straight people don't really understand they just think like oh my god a queer bar is just like meant for all of us and it's like when we say safe spaces it's like so like I don't have to explain myself I don't have to come out like just by being with you know someone who's the same sex I there's like this knowing in the room when you're with queer folk where it's just like I got you like it's you instantly meet and it's not you don't even have to say anything it's just like love and it's family like we're family um we're all tied to each other in this crazy wild way and it's beautiful and it's it's everything like community is everything to me what about you Matt um I found <laughs> that finding that my community humbled me a little bit because when I was when I came out of school like I was like the only gay in the village like so I thought like being gay was like the most amazing thing ever and I was like yes I'm gay look at me like you know <laughs> there's not many of us out here so you know some um, and I'd just be as fabulous as ever at school and then I went to Mardi Gras my first Mardi Gras was actually two years after I left school in 2014. And um, that was like so fun and it was great and everything, but like I didn't really meet any of the community. It was just like a fun party. And then it wasn't right up until I was probably, uh, I want to say like 2018, 2019, that I actually started like going down to Sydney because I was living on the central coast, which is not as far forward as anywhere else in Australia. And <laughs> um, I was going down to Sydney. One of my best friends who I went to school with was living in Sydney. So I'd like literally just, I should have been paying rent. I was staying at his house like <laughs> five nights a week, some weeks. And we were like going out and not even like, there was no culture. Cause when I tell this story, like people go, Oh my God, five nights a week, you were going out. I'm like, but we weren't drinking. We were just like going out and watching drag Queens or like doing drag bingo. And then like meeting people. And then, and the funny thing is like a lot of people were going out five nights a week to be social as well. So it became like this little family and what's really sad is throughout the pandemic that has sort of like broken down because we've had so many different things happen but now we like still have like Wednesday nights are really big family nights and Thursday nights are kind of picking up as well where it feels like that like <laughs> pre-pandemic time where we'd all just come together and you know every single person in the club like you know everyone in the bar like everybody knows everybody and if somebody walks in that we've never seen before you are the centre of the tension for that night. <laughs> if you'd like to be, if you'd like to be, we'll be like, where you're from? What's your story? Come and meet this person. Come and meet that person. Oh, my gosh, a drag queen's about to be on stage. You know, this is Hannah Conda, the drag queen. She's about to perform. Oh, you're going to love it. You know, and, and so we, like, take them under our wing and then they become a part of the family. Like, those places do exist. And when I was on the Central Coast, like, that was so foreign to me um, that, that a place like that could exist, let alone be a queer place, a queer safe space. And so um, the whole, like, nightclub drag uh, kind of bar culture is really important to me and not even for the drinking aspect because I wasn't doing, like, I wasn't drinking or anything. Like, I was just literally going out and having fun with like-minded people and those places exist like they're real things I'm not making this up. Kath you have 
quite a huge following on social media, on Instagram. Um, And for a lot of our listeners, finding out that they were queer or finding community, a lot of that kind of happens online, especially, Matt, like you said, the past couple of years, we've obviously been in a pandemic and those kind of in-person spaces haven't existed. Have you kind of found a lot of like community or or what's your kind of uh, journey been with like Instagram and um, queer spaces and and finding people who are similar to you? It's kind of a weird thing to say, but I've met a lot of my community kind of through Instagram, like some of my like bestest friends. I mean, you know, so a lot of it does now actually happen on social media. And that's a great thing as someone who like I, you know, go to a lot of queer spaces, queer bars, like I love going out, but I don't drink alcohol. And I also like, it's a really interesting thing as a queer person because our history and our community is in clubs. And that's what was so sad about the pandemic, but is in like clubs and pubs and all of that. Um, but for some people that don't maybe like drink or maybe the nightlife isn't for them because of, you know, mental health reasons as well. The social media has been this other great portal to establish community and find people that are similar to you, have the same story as you um, without having to, you know, become part of this nightlife, which is amazing. And, you know, being face-to-face with community at, you know, like the tit on a Saturday night is one of my favourite things, but that's not for everyone. And I go very much like in and out, like someone that wants to go out and doesn't. So, yeah, social media has been incredible, like on a personal level of just having more people in our family. Okay, Pip and D back here again, just letting you know that we're about to play Yay or Nay. And it sounds... That's me just trying to make like a bit of game noise. Oh, okay. I'll put a game. I'm the game. I'll put a game noise underneath this. There it is. <laughs> so what's no, the game about? Tell it's really fun. It's really fun. It's exactly like it sounds. Yeah. We just pitched like really classic queer culture moments, mm-hmm. and they just had to say yay or nay. Okay, Britney Spears' Instagram. Yay. Yay! Can we talk about the post today? It was stunning. Oh the, what? The post? There were like six posts of her like rolling around naked. The most freeing photo shoot I've ever seen. And In I... I <laughs> the little emojis, like the emojis that she put over like the, you know, the parts that needed to be concealed. I was like, oh, could have gone a little bit more left off. I'm seeing <laughs> it is it is my energy for 2022. It was I, know, I literally shared it to my st- Instagram story and said me at Mardi Gras. This weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Wendy Williams, an icon. I'm gonna say nay. <laughs> I, I don't really I care. Just, I, yeah. We'll go nay. Yeah. I'm gonna go nay. Yeah. I only say nay. Like a strong Yeah. Yeah. I only say nay because like she tries to be a gay icon but is quite problematic. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. I um was watching a few videos before and I was like, would we say would we say that? Would we do that? And and the other thing as well is she's only trying to be a gay icon, not a queer icon. Like she's just for the gays. She's not like trying to be a queer icon. So I'm saying nay. You heard it. Okay, well, I'm scared of nay. Yeah, you're like, now it's a strong nay instead of a soft nay. Yeah, Matt's served. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, corporate companies only in Mardi Gras rainbow washing. Nay. Nay. I'm on the fence with this one. On the fence. All right, Matt, give us your reasoning. I'm on the fence only because I think that any representation is good representation the more rainbows that we have out there the more visibility 
hopefully, fingers crossed, can only, you know, do better things. I will say if it's just a blatant, like, pink washing, like, you know, if you've slapped the rainbow logo on, but then I go into your store and all your clothes are very heavily gendered and, you know, I might want to try on a dress and the shop assistant just is, like, so not okay with that, that's when it's not okay. You're not doing things within your company that actually help and protect queer people. And, you know, if there are, you know, discrimination things going on within the company, are you figuring them out? Like, if it's like that, that's a no. But I think more rainbows is fun. Yeah. I mean, I feel that's really interesting as a queer content creator, because obviously, like, this is kind of, I guess, our, I say time, but it's like, you know, and you do want to be paid as a queer creator. And like, you also do want to have an opportunity to be that representation for other people. But like the reason for my nay is like the exact same kind of reason as you. And I think when you work with those companies and you kind of trust that they care from an actual authentic level, and then you like get on set or you have an email liaison where it's just like, if they're not speaking your language, um, they don't have a consultant if they don't know how to speak that language and you're just like, what is the point of this? Like, yeah. I'll take the paycheck, but this ain't it. <laughs> yeah. Or they send you an email just saying, hi, gay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was one, there was, it, it is like, it does actually get like really sad at some points because there was one point where there was a really big makeup company sent me a rainbow palette for Mardi Gras like two years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, this company knows who I am. Like, this is huge. I'm on their PR list. What the heck? Like, how'd they even get my address? Like, amazing, amazing. Oh my God, I was so excited. Never bloody got a PR package from them again. Like, it was just the Mardi yeah. Gras palette that they did. And then never again. And I'm like, if you're going to send it out, like, keep me on the PR list. Send me all the other things. Yeah, you're well. like, I like other palettes. <laughs> like- yeah, we don't. <laughs> just wear rain- As you can see, we are. Like, I like a nude. <laughs> On like the odd occasion, white, like, uh, no rainbows going on. <laughs> yeah, we're all wearing like black and white. I was gonna say, we're all like, there's no rainbows going on here, so I don't know where they're getting this idea. Yeah, where they're getting this idea. Um, okay, this is like a very new thing, like in I guess like the cultural context straight men painting their nails. Yay. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, that's just like if you're figuring out that you're comfortable enough to express, you know, what might be deemed as femininity as somebody who might be holding holding on to their masculinity, that's beautiful. Like paint your fucking nails, twirl your fucking hair, call yourself a boy and still be mask in that, but know that that's that's a comfortability within you. It's, you know, we haven't claimed nail polish on nails. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. We wish we could. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, TM it, quick. (laughs) Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Che Diaz from Sex and the City Reboot and just the Sex and the City Reboot in general. I I mean, like, I'm very here for Sarah Ramirez, okay? You know, like, I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan, stemmed them through their career. Then they came out and I was like, are you me? Um, Also, you're stunning. Yes. I don't watch, I haven't watched the new Sex and the City, so I don't, I'm not, like, fully on the Che Diaz bandwagon. I've just seen the memes and the content. But also I'm like, if it's some non-binary representation, if that's flashing in the media... Well, fucking, it's always that balance again. Like you're kind of like we we laugh in our circles, like and we're like oh, but like 
unfortunately, you know, we're at a stage where we still kind of have to, you know, that means that Betty down the road is going to Google what non-binary means. Like, go off. Like, I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I have strong opinions about this. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's go. I'm huge. This should not have been a quick fire round because I could do a whole episode on this. <laughs> we'll um, get you back, Matt. We'll get you back. So I am a huge Sex and the City fan. I was waiting and waiting for this. So this is where we need to find like a balance because as we were just saying, we need more representation. In this show, there was almost too much. Like it was, it was a little, it almost got too ridiculous like all very valid experiences but it was almost too overwhelming for the audience and they just went we hate this show now because you had people transitioning you had a trans rabbi you had religious people who were changing religious you had religion you had heterosexual couples then experimenting with same sex you know which is all very valid experiences that many people go through but in the one show in 10 episodes if even as a queer person, it was overwhelming to have all of that sort of stuff being spoken about. And, and although we were like, yes, it was also like, slow down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So the character, I'm like, yes. Che Diaz, we love that they are in the show. <sighs> Did the show do it well? <laughs> I'm not sure. The jury's still out on that one. But we will say... Um, that I agree with what Kat said is that it's for little old whoever who's going to Google what non-binary is. Like, again, it's like the rainbows. It's like any representation is really good, but I agree that it was it was a lot. So I can understand why I have some empathy for the people who were watching and went, we don't get it because it would have been really overwhelming for them. Um, This has been so much fun. Thank you all so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. How funny was that? That was generally like one of the best chats I've had. I had so much fun. I love them both. Kath Ebbs, you can check them out on Instagram, get across their content, as well as All Right Hey, a.k.a. Matt. Um, that's his handle if you want to look it up. And obviously, if you're not already, like, follow, subscribe to our Instagram at Triple J The Hookup. And you can also email us at thehookup at abc.net.au for any questions, um, dilemmas, stories. Please do. We love to hear from you. That was the first time I got that email right. That was perfect. Can you believe? That was perfect. <laughs> now we can end the podcast. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>